Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our live broadcast. Audio is all messed up. How did I fix it last time? Hi, Robin. Hey, Bunpei. You're not here yet. I got caught in a storm. Hmm. Lots of trees down on the road. Oh. Are you coming alone, or is your husband with you? I'm alone this time from work this week. Okay. That should be. Oh, that's wrong. Yeah. Using the wrong microphone. Okay. Uh, so, tonight's quote is about eating no, it's about livelihood. You read at the end, it's about how one makes one's living. Specifically, how, how religious people make their living. What do religious people focus on? There are religious practices that are low. There are religious practices that are not worthy of one who is one who is seeking to become free from suffering I'm not worthy of a Buddhist monk at any rate hmm. so there's looking down and there's looking up looking down is looking at the signs uh, that mundane signs looking up is looking at divine signs, also not good. There are those who who act as messengers and errand boys. This is one thing that monks aren't allowed to do. We're not allowed to run errands for people. Because there's, um, you know, we are living off the charity of others. We are, we have, didn't, we have given up financial uh, security and and solu uh, solubility. That's the word. 
um, in favor of the homeless life and so we rely upon charity now when if we if we start working for people well first of all it's it's going against our our determination to be free from all that but it's also setting one up for uh, sort of the obligation so you ingratiate yourself with people by doing them errands and then they give you food and then they come to uh, to think of it in a different way and uh, rather than being charity it's it's wages and then the dynamic breaks down it's no longer a religious thing it's now employment Well, as far as palmistry, I don't know how that works as another category, but that's looking at all. So the, the going on errands is looking at the four directions, even looking at the four directions. This is a symbol, a symbolism. Eating and eating, looking in four directions is a metaphor for. Uh, living religious life as a as a go-between or an errand boy and looking at the points between is a metaphor for palmistry etc i guess that, that has to do with the the body maybe seek my food rightly and rightly do I eat it after I have sought it so rightfully means without expectation without in insinuation or ingratiation it's simply because people want to give and in return leading a life that is pure and setting an example and offering teaching religious teaching such as the one thing that monks and religious people should do for lay people is offer them teachings that allow them to become more religious and more spiritual offering offering them a part in the spiritual life Sort of an interesting quote from monastics, but not much else. We have questions today.
had some questions. Oh, Robin disappeared. I guess I'm on my own. Mm. It is, let's see, how far back do I have to go? No, some way back here. Uh -huh. Too much chatting, we've lost all the questions. Too much chatting, what do you think, this is a chat box? Meditators, shouldn't be chatting. Mm. Some monks sleep in the floor on a bed made, or a bed made of rock. Do you do the same? Uh, sleep on the carpet, actually. Sleeping on a bed made of rock. Mm. I don't know how healthy that would be. Actually, it would be quite unhealthy, I'm assuming. Monks were supposed to sleep on simple mattresses, but mattresses were allowed. Sleeping on the floor is good, uh, on, a, on a carpet or so on. You don't sleep too much. And I said we should guard our mind. What instance of us is used to guard the mind? Is it the mind itself, the consciousness? Yes, the mind is what guards the mind. To meditate, better to meditate after waking up or after breakfast. Well, the Visuddhimagga does mention, um, I think it's the Visuddhimagga, mentions that uh, eating is, is useful for meditation, especially in the morning because it's hard to focus and the stomach is, is not settled until you've had some porridge or oatmeal for breakfast no rice porridge or or oatmeal that kind of thing yagu it's called so it'll be a sort of a simple uh, plain breakfast to calm the stomach and so what part is that hmm. I think it might be in the Dutangas, I'm not sure. So eating first is, is useful. Are the hindrances viewed as e hindering equanimity or hindering concentration or hindering any peaceful positive qualities of mind states? I think specifically it's about hindering concentration. It's a good question. Um, I mean, in general, they are hindrances. They hinder everything. They're, they're in general bad for you. But I think um, the, the probably the orthodox answer would be the, the word hindrance is used to indicate the hindering of, of concentration. That's the hindering of wisdom as well, because concentration leads to wisdom. Or focus, you might say, rather than concentration. But they hinder positive qualities and mind states in general. They'll even hinder success in, in life, in a mundane sense. You can't succeed if you have these five, or it's harder to succeed with them. 
Ni does not mean Nibbana, Sankha, you got it. No, 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 no. Oh, maybe, maybe that's a commentary answer. But ni, ni just means out or away. Warana means toward. That's not the real etymology. I mean, maybe in the commentary it talks about that. Give you the real etymology. It comes from the verb niwareti, it's a verb, it's nothing to do with nibbana. Let's look at the commentary. Niwarna. Simple word, nothing to do with Nibbana. Because Nibbana isn't about the knee, it's about the Vana. And it's a good example, it's the knee at the beginning is a prefix meaning um, out or away or out from, from kind of thing. Near, near means means without. Now without or out of or away. War means to, like toward. It's probably the same as the English ward. Toward away something. So niwarana means toward away. So and and a hindrance is something that that keeps you away, keeps you from. Niwarana. Nirvana, Nibbana, is uh, away from or out of bondage, free from bondage kind of thing. Move isn't happening yet. Um, it's happening this happening Saturday. I guess we're doing some packing before then. Robin was going to be here today, but she got caught up in a storm. Can you accept boxes of food and tea from different countries? I can't accept food. I also can't accept money. Um... So the best way is through our organization. You can go to our support page and look at ways to support there. As far as food for me, I've been accepting gift cards to Subway or uh, Pita Pit or Starbucks or Tim Hortons. And these gift cards can all be purchased online. If you purchase them online, the company sends me an e-gift uh, or sends a card in the mail or something. There's different ways they do that. But I'm not sure how much I'll be using that in the future because where we're living, there are not any convenient stores like that. So 
we'll either hopefully try and get a steward, someone to come and stay and and prepare food, or I'll go to the local, we'll try and set something up with the local restaurant so that I have food there, hopefully, be able to stay alive a little longer. Okay, please use the green or orange button to preface your questions, otherwise I, I won't be able to find them. Where was... Could you please speak to how the lay person can make a living, what guidelines to follow for those that do touch money? Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, you have to understand that there aren't going to be too many um, concrete guidelines. Because, again, it's not so much about what you do, but about how you do it. That being said, there are some basic concrete guidelines, but they're very, they're very much common sense from a Buddhist point of view. So any, any livelihood that breaks the five precepts is wrong. Any livelihood that directly involves substances that harm individuals is wrong. So uh, selling poison, selling weapons, selling uh, animals, selling uh, poisons, weapons, living beings, humans, I think is the fourth. I can never remember these things. Well, I usually can, actually. Poisons, weapons, living beings, intoxicants, I guess, is the fifth, right? This is all wrong. Anything that's involved. So, but it, it comes down to to some extent, common sense. If what you're doing is involved in harming, or if you have to do harmful things to make a living, then it's problematic. I guess I would say many types of livelihood are indirectly involved in unwholesome things, or involved in unwholesome things that are mild. Even entertainment isn't considered the greatest livelihood. Because it's involved in what we would call unwholesome desire. There's desire involved, playing with people's emotions, that kind of thing. You use quantum physics to support Buddhism, something I find compelling. Does Buddhism believe in a single universe or a multiverse or other? And Buddhism doesn't have too many beliefs and it isn't focused on beliefs. Buddhism is much more about the truth of reality, which is very much in the present moment here and now. It's nothing to do with far away things. It has to do with one's own experience within this six foot frame. Our universe has no size. Our universe is not single or multiple. Our universe is an experience. Is, is a 
a series of experiences. That's what Buddhism, that's what our tradition of Buddhism focuses on. What do you think of Thich Nhat Hanh and his monasteries in the Plum Village monasteries, like Blue Cliff monasteries? Sorry, I don't think too much about them. I mean, I don't think about them too much. Is it okay to directly try to notice the elements when I know it as a rise, rising and falling? I get a mental picture of the belly rising and falling. It does not happen when I focus on the tension. You can just say tense if you want. But if you get a mental picture, you just say seeing, seeing. It's fine that it, for it not to be uh, for it not to be amenable to your to your will. When you see the picture, you say seeing, seeing. I mean, the Buddha wasn't didn't require you to say things like earth or so on. He said, "Gachanto va gachami tibajanati." When going, one knows I go. I'm walking. So you say walking, you get a picture of your, your feet? No. Walking is meant to be a, a description of the feeling of the elements. But you still say walking, or you say sitting, or so on. I wouldn't worry too much about that. But. If you do see the image, you would say seeing, seeing. When mind stops inclining, forming words, and starts to black out rhythmically, so we force it to form noting word. We don't force it. If the mind starts to black out, whatever that means, you would say knowing, knowing, or feeling, feeling, or calm, calm, or quiet, quiet. You should use a word based on what you're experiencing. The word is a reminder, sati. It's cultivation of mindfulness. You're reminding yourself this is this so that you don't react to it. When a kamma is being committed, can there be situations when the role of free will becomes insignificant? For example, if a person has a view that killing animals is okay and if a mosquito bites him, causing anger to arise, would he still be able to refrain from killing it, given that no other factors intervene? Okay, that's very... I don't, I don't... I think you're making things overly complicated. If, a mosquito, if, a, if the mosquito bite causes anger to arise, one has failed in being mindful of the feeling. If the feeling comes and one knows it, knows it as a feeling, there will be no anger arising. If anger arises, it's already too late. Uh, depending on one's state of mind, that anger might result in killing the, the animal. Um, but there's, the, 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 there's required more than anger. There's required wrong view, I think, I should think, because a sotapanna wouldn't. I couldn't give rise to the thoughts of that killing is the right answer. Here, Yotaba would have to intervene. Without without wholesome a wholesome mind state, one 
it's not that it, it didn't intervene in time for the anger but the anger is only one mind state after the anger there has to be uh, the thought I should kill this the thought kill and that thought has to have once that thought arises there has to be a response of an anger and a delusion response to that thought so there ha without it's about whether Hiryotapa uh, intervene at that point they've already they've already missed the chance for the to stop the anger from arising but anger isn't enough it requires a, requires the thought to kill and the reaction to that All right, well, I'm going to give it, give, give it a rest there for tonight. I'm going to go do my meditation. I skipped my evening meditation. I'm going to go do it now. No, one more question. I remember hearing that you said we practice Satipatthana, but I also heard you say that we practice Anapanasati. What do you mean? Is it a combination? Well, anapana sati, sati means mindfulness, sati is satipatthana, anapana means the breath. So if you're watching the breath, that's anapana sati. But sati, if you're using the if you're using the the elements, then it's satipatthana. You're focusing on the elements. So when you watch the stomach, and you say to yourself, rising, falling, that's both watching the breath and watching the elements. So it's both Anapanasati and Satipatthana. In the future, do you plan on going back to Thailand? Oh, I don't think too much about the future. In the future, I plan on moving to Stony, uh, to Hamilton, a couple, uh, about 10 minutes down the road. Is it fair to say that an Arahant has the perfect free will since they are not swayed by the defilement? I don't know. I don't like using terms like free will or determinism. I, don't, I wouldn't say such a thing. I would say an arahant has perfect freedom. Well, besides the fact they still have to live, still have to eat, still have to suffer physically. Besides that, they're fairly, they're pretty much free. Is exercising and other presumed health habits just another attachment? Well, to some extent, you could argue that it's functional. Exercise to some limited extent is functional, but for the most part, exercise is because we eat too much. We didn't eat too much. We wouldn't need to exercise nearly as much as most people do. Play sports and that kind of thing. It's all because of too much food. If you ate just enough to survive, you wouldn't need to do much exercising to keep yourself healthy. 
That being said, um, some for some exercise is useful, and and some some amount of healthiness is 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 reasonable, and and it's a good just good practice. But um, often we, we become very much obsessed with health, and that's a problem. You try to be too healthy, too obsessed with always being healthy, then you won't be able to deal with sickness. You'll be very much averse and concerned and afraid of sickness. You shouldn't be afraid of getting sick. You should be ready and able to deal with sickness when it comes. And so obsessing about health is, is somewhat counter to that. Okay, I'm really going this time. Good night, everyone. Good night. See you next time.